Fit Stop Foods is your go-to for meal prep. They are healthy eating made easy. They provide fully cooked, flavorful, and healthy meals for all lifestyles weekly. I feel for me that's the really nice thing is that there's no preservatives, it's all natural, and they do a very good job of laying out exactly what you're eating. For what it offers, I feel it's affordable, it's convenient. They do offer deliveries and they do have a website. That was Dave. He's been a customer of FitStop Foods for six months now and he's absolutely loved it. I have actually been recommending it to a lot of different people in different areas. So it definitely helps out, you know, the fast-paced people in a fast-paced environment because it does only take about 90 seconds to heat it up. But if you're also looking to, you know, just be more healthier, and just sort of identify what you're eating and keeping track of what you're eating. You know, I feel that fits the needs for most people if they really want to um, start tracking and living a healthier lifestyle. Don't just take it from Dave. Some of your favorite Colorado professional athletes use FitStop Food as well, including Nikola Jokic and Jake Butt. Go to fitstopfoods.net today and let them do the work for you. Don't forget to use the promo code BSN20 for 20% off your first purchase. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high with the best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast and my good friends, it is draft week. Uh, we've made it through the long, um, la- laborious, that's the word I was looking for, long, laborious offseason, and now is when it really gets hot. Uh, Broncos will be the focus this week in a lot of places, despite the fact that, you know, there's two teams in the playoffs and one team that's won three out of four. Uh, but draft week is always a super fun week here at BSN because nobody can match what we bring to the table during draft week. I'm talking dozens of articles. I'm talking podcasts after every single round of the draft from the draft guys. Um, videos, whatever it is, you're going to find it here on bsndenver.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, now is a great time to subscribe. And you can sneak into the little deal that we have running for the Avs and Nuggets playoffs right now, which is buy a subscription and get a free shirt. So never been a better time to subscribe to BSN. I know I say that a lot, but the times just keep getting better and better. So uh, I've never lied. It's here. It's here, Ryan. And like you said, man, we are just we are going to overload you with content. You're going to know these guys at the Broncos draft inside and out by the end of this week. And you're, you'll probably be a little sick of reading because of how much reading you're going to do, but you're going to love it. And it is here, Ryan, just, what, 72 hours away until we find out who the Broncos pick. Comes up on you fast. I start getting, like, nervous energy about this time, just thinking about who it's going to be, thinking about what, what angle stories they're going to be, um, thinking about how late we're going to be here on Thursday night, <laughs> you know, all those fun things that go down. But um, it really is fun the draft when we get to meet you know seven or eight brand new Broncos in a matter of a couple days 
all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking about the first round pick, but then you find out the fourth round pick has this great story and you're like, oh my God, I want to tell that story. And it's, it's a challenge, but if you're not, if this challenge doesn't get you fired up, like you're probably not working in the, in the right industry. And I know for both of us, it gets us pretty fired up. So with that being said, of course, I want to let you know that the BSN Broncos podcast is as always presented by Licks and All. And don't take our word on Licks and All. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixin All's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that's just one of their many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase goes to a nonprofit of your choice when you visit elixinall.com to get yours today. And speaking of nonprofits, Zach, real quick, I just have to say, I had an amazing experience this Saturday up at the Colorado Wolf and Wildlife Center, uh, just up in, the, in uh, Manitou Springs, just past Colorado Springs. Um, past the Manitou Incline, which I'm sure you've done. Uh, yep, you're I right. knew it. Uh, just right past there, a couple miles. Uh, I got to hang out in an enclosure with wolves for about an hour, and then tour around their facility and see all the different wolves that they have that um, were originally native to North America for the most part, or at least the Americas, um, and sadly are are in danger now. But um, I could not recommend more. If you're a fan of wildlife or, or wolves like me, um, going up there and, and having the experience that I had, some ama- got some amazing pictures out of it. Got a picture of me kissing a wolf. Actually, the wolf was kissing me. I just accepted it. Uh, but it was really, co- really cool. And you're in one piece. I am. Yeah, it's funny. You don't know what to expect, you know, and, and I just I kind of expected them to say, OK, like, don't be too aggressive trying to pet them or anything like that. But they were like, OK. Just so you know, wolves love to kiss humans. And if you if you deny it, then they're going to think you don't like them. So you just got to kind of <laughs> grin and bear it. Let them come and give you kisses um, and pet them as much as you want. And they love scratches behind the ear. And they're just like dogs in that sense. But, man, it was it was pretty cool, especially everyone knows about that. I love birds, but my my first ever love of animals was wolves man that is too cool of, of course you gotta embrace a wolf kiss it was i mean it was crazy there <laughs> they were they were so cool got to hang out with two of them go around see all the different ones take some pictures of, of them i got some really cool pictures of that so um it was awesome it's i a, really recommend it it's a great way to start draft week huh yeah yeah exactly and uh speaking of draft week it is in full swing now. Now, are you someone who believes that smokescreen season is over now or smokescreen season is as as smoky as ever? It is as smoky as ever. We are at the peak of smokescreen season. I wouldn't believe anything until a few hours before the first round starts. And then once those rumors come out, you can count them on more as being facts instead of rumors. Right now, Ryan, teams are throwing everything at the wall, hoping it sticks, hoping teams fall for it. And in fact, it's probably only going to pick up in the next few days. But inside, this this is when the team really just shuts down and doesn't let anything important get out while all these other unimportant things are flying around. In fact, you saw it with the Oakland Raiders. What do they do? They don't want any important information out. So before this weekend starts, they sent all of their scouts home. Now, they're probably all going to get fired after the draft, but they don't want anything to get out so that just shows you that anything that's out right now probably low to bs that was interesting because a reporter will tell you that you're not getting accurate information from the top 
the best information you're going to get this time of year is from the, you know, through the filter a little bit. And the Raiders essentially said, we don't trust any of you. So get out, (laughs) which in a sense, I kind of agree with because you, you can't know who the leak is and you can't, and, and you can't know who's talking and, and you can't know who's buddies with whoever. And so just send everyone home. You don't need them anymore. You've got all their opinions. Uh, it's also not necessarily a good way, to, in my opinion, to treat your employees. But I understand the thought process behind it. If Gruden and Mayock both say, we're not leaking. Now, I wouldn't trust Mayock if I was Gruden. <laughs> I probably wouldn't trust Gruden if I was Mayock. But if they both say, we're not going to leak anything then I think they're in a good place. And my thought on it is that they're trying to swing a trade for the number one overall pick. And they don't want Derek Carr to find out about that. Because mm. if it doesn't happen, Derek Carr's your quarterback. At least I think. And in, in the Arizona Cardinals today, I believe, are meeting to finalize who they're picking at number one. And there have been some reports out there that say they have fielded trade offers for that number one pick. Come on. I think of Oakland, and I kind of stop there when I think of teams that would trade for that. So hey, you're absolutely right. And at first, I didn't like what the Raiders did because uh, because it really made it seem like there was going to be two guys in their war room, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, and I think that's a terrible idea. I think you need other people there just to bounce ideas off of. And now as the days progress, it doesn't seem like there's going to be scouts in the building but or, or in that room. But there's going to be like five, six, seven guys there, uh, some other high-level people around the building. So I, I, I'm fine with that now. But it just shows you of information leaking right now, probably not legit. Wednesday, I think, is when things start to get real. If you hear it on Wednesday afternoon, you might be able to put some stock into it. Now, remember, I'll never forget that, that phrase I heard. A lie is more effective when it's surrounded by two truths. Mm. And so you never know. And so on Wednesday, you might hear two truths and a lie. You, you're going to have to decipher what's real. But if you're a patient person, you can just wait 24 more hours and then we'll know everything. But Zach, uh, some, an interesting tidbit, I guess, especially for those who don't listen to BSN, uh, came out today from one of the big wigs. Would you care to share? Todd McShay. Uh, he didn't do another mock draft yet. But he said that he's hearing the Broncos will not take a quarterback. So you're probably thinking, well, why are we talking about this if you shouldn't listen to it? And I'm just telling you, you shouldn't fully listen to it. Now, am I, am I sitting here? Have we been saying the Broncos are only taking a quarterback? There's no chance they take anything else? No. But this is a grain of salt that I think should probably be left outside of the salt shaker when you're forming this equation, this shouldn't really change how you feel. If you thought they were going to take a quarterback, I wouldn't let this affect that. If you didn't think they were going to take a quarterback, you probably feel a little better about this. And is that how you feel as well? Uh, I do feel that way, but I, I also feel like the Broncos aren't taking a quarterback. So for me, I know I've kind of done the song and dance because it would be foolish for us to have heard the Broncos aren't taking a quarterback way back when we did. And just say, all right, we're not open to any new information. We're sticking to that. We're not even going to talk about quarterbacks on this podcast. That would be detrimental to just about everything that we're trying to do here. With that being said, I've never fully changed my stance from that day. uh, Because I think we were early on smokescreen season when we got that. And 
it's always spoke volumes to me. And, and every time I try and put the logic together, I come away with the Broncos not taking a quarterback. So because of that, I've always felt that way. Um, I know people are, people are acting surprised when they hear that. It doesn't surprise me a bit. <sighs> Logically thinking, Ryan. I had, I had some more logical thought this weekend. Is your dad involved? He, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. He was. And uh, kind of led me down that path again of thinking maybe quarterbacks more in play. And not just quarterback, but last week, of course, with the conversation with my dad, I came away thinking that instead of a 5% chance of the Broncos taking quarterback, it was up to 40. Well, some clarity this week. And uh, it's clear who the guy is, Ryan. If Drew Locke is there, I think he's the pick. Not not just be between quarterbacks, but if he's there, I think that's the pick. And what I remembered last year, there were three guys the Broncos would have taken at five or else they would have traded back. And the report after the draft was it was Saquon Barkley, it was Bradley Chubb, and it was Sam Darnold. Drew Locke is as close to Sam Darnold as you're going to find as a prospect. Both have the big arm. Uh, both are similar size. Both sneakily mobile, if you want to call it that. They're not Kyler Murray mobile, but... John Elway, that that was who he wanted because he saw himself a lot in that. I don't know how as a, as a prospect, Drew Locke is that much different. And we already, of course, knew that John Elway was in love with him or smitten. Uh, he went, and that was after he just watched one of his games in November. Ryan, when did we fall in love with, with Drew Locke? Senior Bowl. And when was that? Was that before he stepped on the field? Yes. It was after his first press conference. His personality just just wrapped us up. And so if John Elway loved him before ever meeting with him, I got to imagine that that th- he's the type of personality that John would love. So I think there's not there's certainly doubt if Drew Locke is on the board, but I think that would be the pick right now. I don't think he's going to be on the board, Ryan. <laughs> I was just going to say that. And the reason is because Drew Locke is what GMs love. He's the four-year starter. There's no questions about that. He's the leader. There's no questions about that. He's been through ups and downs. There's no questions about that. Sorry to say this. He's white. There's no questions about that. Uh, when, it, when a GM closes his eyes and says, what does my franchise quarterback look like? Drew Locke comes up. Now, the accuracy stuff is what deters me, but I always feel like when push comes to shove – GMs and teams think it's more important to have X, Y, and Z than this one on-field thing. And, and X, Y, and Z, I mean the intangibles, the leadership, the arm strength, the height, all that stuff. When it comes down, you're, you're never going to find a guy who checks off every single box, um, unless it's Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, maybe Trevor Lawrence down right, the road. Right. John L.A. probably. Um when it comes to having to, to, to check a box, I think teams always incorrectly lean towards our coaches can fix that box. You can't fix height. You can't fix arm strength. You can't fix et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And because of all of this, what I'm saying is somebody in the top 10 – it's going to say, that's our franchise quarterback. Exactly, and that's why I don't think he falls to 10 because, Ryan, if he's there at 10 – I think, just depending on how you view Kyler Murray, let's put him aside for this. He has the highest ceiling 
of any of these quarterbacks because of the mobility, because of the physical traits, uh, because he is a football guy. You you're, you're, you don't have the Paxton Lynch concerns with him. So it, I, I don't view Drew Locke as the highest ceiling, the lowest floor. I think some other first-round quarterbacks have uh, a, a lower floor than him. And if you can get that type of player at the most important position in sports with that high of a ceiling where you have a safety net right now, Joe Flacco, his, his floor – Compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in this draft, Joe Flacco's floor is so high. So if, if you can get a shot at a guy with a super high ceiling, you take him at 10, and that's why he's not going to be there at 10 is because probably a little too good to be true. And Ryan, some more buzz coming out from Todd McShay as well, says that Dwayne Haskins, he can see him falling. Now, he says that the Giants... He could see them picking him at 17, him falling that far. And then Todd McShay says on top of that, he doesn't see the Giants even picking him at 17 if he's there. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I like Drew Locke probably as much as the next guy. Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke are there at 10. You would be silly to not pick Dwayne Haskins. I'm silly. Silly. You would, you would take Locke over Haskins. I think I would you. right now. Oh. I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm th- it's 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 the ceiling and and it's it's those traits it's the personality now it l- like like you always say just because I'm hyping one guy up doesn't mean I don't like the other guy if they could get Haskins that that would be absolutely huge and Ryan I guess I am kind of thinking through Broncos glasses and it's just hard for me to see John going quarterback and passing up on Locke in everything that he brings I understand I, like I would get why the Broncos took Locke instead of Haskins. I would disagree with it, but I would get it. It's just, to me, it's the accuracy thing. That That's always my tiebreaker, right? And uh, it sh- as it should be. And it really should be a, a non-starter. Because of the way the NFL thinks, I kind of allow myself to let it maybe pass down a couple attributes down the lane. But to me, you should look at a quarterback and say, is he accurate? If the answer is no, just move him to the side. And Drew Locke, unfortunately, has not been accurate. Now, you could say, okay, well, he's been behind a struggling offensive line. He's playing against much tougher competition, uh, you know, compared to the skill on his team. But every time you say that, it doesn't translate in the NFL. Uh, It's the one thing that you really just can't improve from one level to the next. Now, is there, is there going to be an exception to the rule eventually? Probably. Um, are Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins both going to complete 70% at the next level? No. But I just like the assurance that when the play is there, the ball goes where it's supposed to. And, and that should be one. Number one on everyone's list is, does the ball go where it's supposed to? And so because of that, I, I just got to go with Dwayne Haskins and – and I think while Drew Locke's ceiling is probably in the in the Mahomes range, I, I'm not going to say Mahomes. I think that's fair. But I think Dwayne Haskins' ceiling is the the Big Ben range, the Philip Rivers range. You know, guys who stand in there, they're big. They can avoid pressure. They're not going to run away, uh, and they can deliver big time throws on the money. I gotta go Haskins because of uh, of the accuracy. No, no, no big disagreement here, Ryan. And uh, Easter was this weekend, so surrounding myself with family, and my older brother threw out something, threw out a pretty friendly wager in my range, and it was he thinks the Broncos are going to trade up 
just straight up, I got to say uh, I could take the bet of the Broncos not trading up. Have When was the last time we talked about the Broncos trading up? Before Joe Flacco. It was a long time ago. I do not think that's the route they're going to go. But Ryan, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I could not accept the wager because... With even money? With even money. Oh, my God. With even money, I couldn't do it. Because what if John Elway is in love with Drew Locke? Like the reports are. And, and what if how I detailed it, he just fell in love with, with him even more? Then they'll trade up. The Bucks could trade back. The Giants, if... It still blows my mind that the Giants have played this smokescreen of they're not wanting a quarterback that well. If the Giants want a quarterback, they could trade down. Um, you know, they, And then a few teams right in front of them uh, could always trade down. I couldn't take it because I don't think the Broncos are trading up. But I can't, I can't say that it won't happen. I probably should have taken the bet, but I just I have a feeling. The, the feeling of a quarterback has just been, been creeping more and more. And I think John realizes that if it's Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins, if he, ha- if he loves one of those guys, he can't wait till 10. If he really likes one of those guys and he's okay with either one, he probably can't wait till 10. You think I'm crazy? Text your brother right now. <laughs> Tell him RK says, name the price, he will accept the bet. <laughs> it was for a pizza. I had a keto pizza last night. Not good. Not Chicago? No, it was cauliflower crust. Mm. Didn't do it for me. Was it homemade? Uh, no. Ah. No, it was, it was from the frozen aisle. I've done... Uh, okay, yeah. I've had, a, I've had a frozen cauliflower crust before. The trick with that is it says cook it for like 12 minutes or something and then make the rest of the pizza. You got to cook it for like 12 hours before eating it. Yeah, that was my goal. I even put it on the bottom rack, <laughs> yep. trying to get it nice and crispy. And the cheese started to burn. I had to yep. eventually pull it out. Yep. Still was soggy. <laughs> Not soggy, but mushy. So anyways. Uh, it sounds like everything else is translating well, except for... I feel like this was a win-win for you. Like Either way, you ended up getting the pizza with your bro. Should have taken the bet. I already owe him a pizza or two. We still, <laughs> we still have pizzas out there. Oh, wow. You're a guy who leaves pizza bets unsettled, huh? <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't see the trade up route. I, you just, I don't see them giving up, um, assets for a player that isn't going to help them this season. Now, did you see what Peter King said? What did he say? Peter King says Broncos take Devin Bush at 10, then trade back into the first round at 31 to get Drew Locke, which how Drew Locke falls 30 slots is beyond me, but that I could see. If somehow, some way, a quarterback falls, hopefully it's not Daniel Jones, uh, <laughs> the Broncos could jump back in after already getting a, a quote-unquote elite prospect and, and take them there. And you called this Looney Tunes when Pro Football Focus had that out there. Now, of course, they had the Broncos getting him 10 spots later at 41, and instead of Devin White, it was Devin Bush, but this... Is a dream. No, this was Devin Bush, Drew Locke. Right, right. And, and the other the Oh, the other PFF one was Devin was, White. Yeah, exactly. This is, you know, of course, you'd probably rather have Devin White than Devin Bush, but come on. This is a dream scenario. And did, did he say what they're trading along with their second-round pick? I didn't read it. I just saw the tweets about it. Probably what, next year's second? Two, two seconds to, to, to move tr- up? To trade ten up. Ten spots? Ten spots, yeah. Get back in the first? I think a team would accept that. Man, you help Vic out? John gets his guy, and then you have the quarterback of the future. That, 
is as good as it can be. And you only lose next year's second. How's Drew Locke getting all the way there? He's not. Okay. He, he's not. It, it's foolish, Ryan. I don't think he's going to make it to 10. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. I think Daniel jo- I could see Daniel Jones getting picked at 31 or 32 because there's that whole get your fifth year option thing. I can too. I don't know if it would be the Broncos, but to me, if four quarterbacks are going in the first round, three of them are going in the top 15 at the latest. And I believe this was also from Todd McShay over the weekend or this morning. He says that he could see um, Daniel Jones going before Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. See, to me, this is just so much like, whoa, we're kind of being thrown around. The Dwayne Haskins slipping has been out there, but now he's really pushing that. Daniel Jones before both of those guys, it just seems like too much nonsense happening. I wish Dwayne Haskins would have been at the Senior Bowl. I, I bet Dwayne Haskins' agent wishes Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Haskins was at the Senior Bowl right yeah. now. If he was there, no one, no one would be saying this silly crap <laughs> about how he's going to go after these guys. Dwayne, like Dwayne Haskins is just better than them. I don't know. I just, I don't understand why this is so hard for everyone. I guess maybe it's the mobile thing that's getting people, but John Elway doesn't care about his quarterbacks being mobile. So I guess that's just like my mindset is I'm thinking if you're cool with Joe Flacco back there, you're definitely cool with Dwayne Haskins back there. If you, if, if Joe Flacco is the perfect fit and he, I mean, at best can avoid pressure, in the pocket, then Dwayne Haskins is like more mobile than you could ever ask for. And don't forget that while John did like Sam Darnold in, in his, um, you know, under the radar mobility, Peyton Manning, no, no one wanted Peyton more than John. Now, I understand different offense, but there was zero chance of Peyton ever being mobile when John signed him up. So, again, if I'm thinking in, in line with the Broncos, now. If, if John Elway is looking for John Elway, then Drew Locke definitely has the, you know, off script, scramble around, throw it 70 yards downfield type of stuff that Dwayne Haskins doesn't have. But is, let me ask you that, is John Elway looking for John Elway? Last year would say yes. Last year in the draft with Sam Darnold would say yes. Joe Flacco's not John Elway. Case Keenum wasn't John Elway. Paxton uh, Lynch. Exactly. So it depends. What route are you going down? Just the the quarterback that he can get doesn't have to fit him. You know, he could get Case Keenum. He could get Joe Flacco. Or the quarterback that he truly wants in terms of the draft, in terms of a top three pick, is truly what he wants. There are a lot of similarities between Drew Locke and John Elway. Now, again, for Drew Locke to even get close to living up to what John Elway did, um, he's going to have to make some big steps. But in terms of the arm, in terms of the, you know, the off script type of stuff, in terms of the, dare I say, cockiness, um, no, conf- say it. confidence, yeah. uh, in terms of that, um, Drew Locke might even be a better leader, you know, intangible guy than John Elway was coming out. Now, John Elway became, you know, such a legend that he, you, when you become that legendary, you automatically, your leadership skills just skyrocket because... Everyone's going to follow you no matter what you do. Um, so if if John Elway is looking for John Elway, then he should do whatever it takes to get Drew Locke because that's that's that type of guy. Now, again, John Elway uh, didn't have a very high completion percentage in his career. Back then, it didn't really matter quite as much. 
Um, so maybe you need a more accurate John Elway. <laughs> but if that's the case, then he should be going for Drew Locke. If they're looking for the perfect fit in this system, then I think it's Dwayne Haskins. And so that's that's a question we have to ask ourselves. We also have now spent the entirety of the beginning of the podcast <laughs> talking about quarterbacks when I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback. <laughs> Sounds like I was getting you a little more on the Drew Locke train. Maybe maybe there's a doubt in your mind now about trading up in the first round for a pizza. Yeah? I'd still do the trade, <laughs> especially because I need a good pizza. Like, I almost feel like I have to eat a good pizza just to wash that one away. <laughs> you need a, a little cheat day. You need to hop to Chicago really quick and, and get a sausage crust pizza? That'd be nice. That would be nice. I'm thinking like Pizzeria Locale. Mm, so good. So good. Um, my girlfriend, while well, I had the, the cauliflower crust, she had the Boboli. Oh, you know those? Yep like a staple of my childhood <laughs> was making those and she was like yeah it's good it's not as good as pizzeria locale and i was like <laughs> you're comparing the best pizza maybe in denver yeah someone's gonna come after me for that <laughs> it's my favorite um to store-bought pre-made crust <laughs> not fair not a fair comparison. as you're eating cauliflower as I'm, yeah i'm like by the way i'm over here eating mush yep with cheese and pepperoni on it <laughs> Anyways, um, did you see the Broncos made a move this morning? Mm, they did. They got a big guy in the building. They got a big guy, and his name is what they're trying to do. Billy Wynn is back. Billy the Kid, as they call him in the, just now. <laughs> and he's not really a kid anymore. He is 30 years old. But, Zach, there's something about Billy Wynn. First of all, instantly has the best hands on the team. <laughs> do you remember when i had that video yep. that is insane yep i mean it was him and jared crick yep we're playing like 60 yard long toss and by the way great arm as well <laughs> billy wins over here 330 pound defensive lineman catching 60 yard balls like behind his head with one hand, <laughs> just <Yep>. effortlessly <laughs> um but he was able to catch those balls when they were over his head because he has something that Andre has been talking about for a while as it relates to the Denver Broncos and the defensive line, and it's length. Mm. Billy Wynn is a long defensive lineman. and He's 6'4". Exactly. A 6'4 defensive lineman with arm with a, probably a 6'7 wingspan. Andre's been trying to like tell everyone, Ed Oliver does not fit the mold. The Broncos and John Elway and both Vic Fangio, if there's one thing they're on the same page on, is they both love length and their defensive linemen. And this was almost just like the Broncos throwing us a little bone before the draft saying, yep, Andre was right. We love long defensive linemen. <laughs> and uh, if you still think that they're in the market after this move for, for a defensive lineman, Ed Oliver doesn't fit that mold. Jerry Tillery, who they had in last week, does fit that mold. I mean, he's even, he's even lengthier than, uh, that, than Billy Wynn. And, Ryan, I don't think this move impacts the draft that much. You know, if, if the guy they love falls to them in the first round, of course the, the Billy Wynn signing isn't going to deter them from drafting him. But they're just putting another piece along that defensive line, saying maybe we don't need a defensive lineman. We're not going to reach for one. That's what it tells me. And, uh, really, it, it, it just j just a smidge sets up that they're okay with the trade back more and more. Speaking of guys that Andre loves, mm. 
this this gives me some clarity, in my opinion. And it, and we need to start talking about this guy because I'm ready to predict him as a Broncos draft pick. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, small school prospect. Both Andre and Brandon, for lack of a better term, went six to midnight when they saw this guy. <laughs> His name is John Kaminsky. Mm. Out of Charleston College. Small school guy. Listen to the specs, though. Six foot five, 286 pounds, with 33 and a half inch arms. Maybe a tight end if he doesn't pan out at defensive line. Uh, but this guy got both Andre and Brandon out of their seat. You and I were over watching offense, and they're like, I got, I had like four texts, like, dude, you need to come watch this Kaminsky guy. <laughs> so I went up into the stands and watched him, and he's a beast. And right now on NFL.com, which, you know, take it for what you will, he is projected as a fifth-round pick. I would not be surprised if the Broncos took him in the third or fourth rounds. And this guy is of a athletic freak. Yeah, he was beastly. And, boy, you give him to Bill Kolar uh, and to Vic Fangio, who we know is really focusing on those front seven guys, that's, that's what, what Vic wants is guys that he can mold, is guys with the raw talent and the size. So, boy, that, that would be a great pickup on, what, beginning of day three? If you love him. He has the upside where you could draft him early. Now, I think Broncos fans, an upside in round three gives them shivers down their spine. Um, I would not blame them for this one. It is, a, I mean, that's what John Elway does, though, is he picks a guy, and in rounds two through four, they reach on him because they say, we're just, we can't get out of here without this guy. It's a mistake I often make in my fantasy drafts where I'm just like, I can't envision a world where I don't have this guy on my fantasy right. team. So I'm just going to take him in the third round <laughs> yeah. because I want him. Um, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. But I could really see the Broncos saying, fifth round grade, we don't care. We'll take him in the third round because we think he's going to be a beast. When? When will he be a beast? Um, I think he could contribute on pass rushing downs right away. I think it will take him a year or two in an NFL strength and conditioning program to be a three-down player. So first round, you're going quarterback. Second round, you're going cornerback. Third round, you're going him. Uh, if you're trying to win in 2021, <laughs> sure. Uh, if you're trying to win before you leave and try and take ownership in the team, uh, <laughs> then you're going to want to go middle linebacker. Defensive line, tight offensive end, line, or offensive end, yep. line in the second round, and then get Kaminsky in the third mm. or in the fourth. If you get him in the fourth, you've won. Man. Because then you got three starters and a contributor in the fourth round. How about a wide receiver in the third? Yeah. Yeah. Our boy. Yep. <laughs> Senior Bowl All Star team is yep. what we want. <laughs> I'd be down. Also, like, don't sleep on Terry McLaurin. Is, yeah, he might have played his way into the first round conversation. Now, oh man, I wish I knew who who said it. I'm just gonna lean towards Adam Schefter. Like, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Someone said they could see zero wide receivers going in the first round. DK zero fallen zero wide receivers. Wow, because the defense. Oh, it was Jeff Legwald. 
Mm. Our friend, yep. who's probably just one room away from us right now. Yep. He said that the defense is so stacked that he could see just you know, 20 picks on defense in the first round. Well, that'd be great for the Broncos because then all the other wide receivers just get backed up. And then, of course, you're not going for DK in the second round. Uh, but someone you love who's a, who's a late second round, third round guy, you get him in the third. Yeah, and I think DK probably goes in the first and Marquise Brown. But that might be the end of the list. I think so, too. And so then Terry McLaurin is prime at f- sitting there at 41 if you want him then. Maybe Andy Isabella does end up falling into the third round, quote-unquote falling after being, you know, a fifth-round prospect before the senior bowl. But there's so many. I just love this. There's so many combinations. I wonder how many combinations of players the Broncos could take. It's probably in the, the trillions. It excites me, though, uh, and I'm really happy that we finally made it to to uh, draft week. And – I'm happy that Billy Wynn is back because he's pretty funny. Uh, He is. He's always got a smile on his face. All right, let's take a break here, Zach, and we come back. Plenty more Broncos talk to get to. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. BSN Broncos podcast presented by Lixenol. And right now, we're going to get to your questions. And then hopefully in the third segment, we're hoping to have a friend of the podcast on as a guest here. Uh, So that should be fun. Um, We are here at Denver Broncos headquarters for John Elway's press conference today. And it's all for naught. (laughs) John Elway's press conference has been postponed until tomorrow at noon. So we will be here again tomorrow, hoping that John comes and talks to us. The lesson here, folks... Never be early for anything. <laughs> and oh. trade, trades can happen. Right now, you know, they, they, they push back a day. Maybe it's so they, they can bump up on Thursday. Man, a scheduling issue because John is sitting down as we speak with Steve Keim. Wow. Trying to get number one overall to get Kyler Murray. Mm, it'd be to get Drew Locke, but yeah, to get number one overall. Kyler Murray. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's hop into these questions here in um, – as a rare occurrence, I think the people have run out of pre-draft questions. They're even ready for the draft to roll around. And first one coming in from Bad188, he says, My dude RK, that hot sauce from Belize you were talking about is called Marie Sharp. Oh, that's it. It is Sharp answer. literally the best hot sauce in the world. I put it on everything chicken. I discovered it 
on my honeymoon in Belize, it is take it has taken the place, um, or it is placed on every table everywhere I ate, like salt and pepper. I always keep it on my desk or my deck. I always keep it on deck via amazing BSN podcast fam. You should try it. He puts the link below. A uh, little habanero. That sounds a little too spicy for me. I'll try it though. He's right though. Every single restaurant has it at the table. Wow, it's a staple. It's a Belizean staple, and it is so good. His question, when do Broncos tickets go on sale? I would love to go visit for the Bears game since I live in Chicago. Don't know. <laughs> Usually somewhere in the middle of the summer. Yep. Uh, and then sometimes they do that half price, yep. little first day giveaway I would thing. Th- I would think after five wins, you would do that, or six wins, you'd do that again. They did raise the ticket prices, Zach. <laughs> yep. Just keep that in mind. Yep. Next one here comes in from Rich Dude. I have a question for Plum Crusher. I assume that's me. <laughs> Do you think Bush or White will have the type of impact that Vander Esch had last year? I know it's a different defensive scheme, but that kid was everywhere. Just curious how y'all thought they would impact the game. Thanks. This is a really, really good question. It is, and they better. They better. I mean, Vander Esch was, was a very good prospect. Everyone knew he was going to be a good football player, but what was he picked in the 20s? He was considered a second-round guy. Yeah. And then everyone thought they reached on him in the 20s. I think... You would compare Roquan to Devin Smith and Devin Bush to Vander Esch. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Did and I call him Devin Smith. <laughs> I knew who you were talking about. Oh, I thought Roquan, De- Roquan Smith, Devin Smith. And uh, they better. I mean, you're picking them in the top 10 at, at not a very sexy position and not a valued position. So these guys better be better. Uh, than the impact that that Vander Esch had. Man, what a great point! What a great point for Devin Bush, because Devin Bush isn't the elite athlete uh, that Devin White is. He's, I mean, he's still an elite athlete, but not quite. He's more an elite athlete than Vander Esch was. And Vander Esch, would you agree, transformed the Dallas Cowboys defense? Yes. Okay, then you pick Devin Bush if you have to. If he's good, yeah, yep, and he should be that. Yeah. I think that's a really good comparison. Uh, Vander Esch, pretty solid in coverage. Um, I mean, great attacking downhill. Devin Bush is a more athletic version. He is. He is. He should be a big impact guy. Next one coming in from Micah Pexy says, regarding strength of schedule, the change a few years back to where we rotate which division we face each year kind of messed that up. It's good that we cycle through all the different teams now, which eliminates situations like the 80s and 90s where Elway and Marino hardly went head-to-head at all just due to strength of schedule and their two teams being weak or strong at different times. But it also causes situations like this year for the Broncos where we have had a bad record last year, but end up playing the NFC North, playing teams like Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, as well as the AFC South with the Colts and Texans. Just luck of, luck of the draw. Yep, you're exactly right, Micah. That, that's, that's what happened. Uh, so bad luck, but it was a luck thing. It wasn't the NFL just giving it to the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. It's, un, it's unfortunate when it falls that way, uh, but that's the way it works. Yep, and he says, having said all that, though, you got to take the strength of schedule stuff with a real grain of salt. Oops, food talk. Every year, there are teams that go worst to first and vice versa. There's such great parity in the NFL, so it truly is all about wait and see how teams are this year, as well as when we play them, if they're hot, cold, injuries, etc. And again, you're 100% right, and that's why we didn't do a whole podcast talking about the strength of schedule no league changes year over year more than the nfl 
It's just you can go from worst to first. You can go from first to worst. One injury can doom a team. One draft pick can vault a team. And so you don't know until the season. So you don't really know who you're playing until the week you play them. Exactly. All right. Uh, one more here from Cole Vosell. He says, hey, guys, it's been a while since I last commented. A few things. One, a straw has zero holes. Change my mind. We've gone over that. <laughs> Two, if you find yourself in the cold, boring land that is New Hampshire. Yes, we exist. No, you don't. Y'all should go to Parker's Maple Barn. It's a really great breakfast place, and their French toast is the bomb. Let me ask you this, Zach, as it relates to breakfast. Ah. How good can a breakfast place really be? It's a great question. You know where I'm getting at? Are you not a breakfast guy, like like a big breakfast guy? I'm not a big breakfast guy, but I just feel like the items are essentially all the same. Now, you can have your own twist on things, but like eggs and bacon and french toast all have a, a relative ceiling there there is a ceiling there that you can't really break through and i feel like most good breakfast places hit the ceiling yeah i don't i'm not going to disagree with you i'm not the biggest breakfast guy i love breakfast and, and you have to have it but it's all kind of i can have a yogurt with you know some fruit and granola mm. and it can be you know 90% as good as going out and paying $15 for a great breakfast that's kind of where I'm at. Also, breakfast is overpriced. You just mentioned it. $15 for some bread and eggs. Breakfast is fuel to me. Like, I know the rest of food is, but I, I just, I power through breakfast. Yeah, I, I, me too. I started going plain <clears throat> yogurt. Oh, man, it's tough. But it's not something that, you know, I don't sit down and enjoy a nice breakfast. I power through a yogurt. Started doing no sugar in it. Ugh. It's rough. My guy, you can have a little bit of sugar. <laughs> I promise you, you'll be okay. I've, I'm powering through. I'm two weeks in. You're going to disappear <laughs> if you stop eating sugar. I still end my night with a bowl of ice cream, so we're good. All right, good. good. Make, sure we, make sure we get some fat and, and, and sugar in that diet. Um, all right, number three, based on John Owe's win-now mentality, there are three prospects in order that I would draft at number 10. First, TJ Hawkinson, because we need more weapons to help the stagnation that plagued the offense last year. Great words there. Um, he's a receiving threat and can help on either side of the line when blocking, taking some pressure off the tackles of running backs during pass blocking. Second, Ed Oliver, because I think yet another pass rush threat will be vitally vital to stopping the likes of Mahomes and Rivers, could create a pass rush similar to 2015's. Third, he says, Devin White because he'd help out in any place on the field, especially when covering tight ends and stopping running backs like Melvin Gordon or Tariq Cohen if they get to the second level. Sorry for the long comment, but hashtag two-hour podcast. Thanks for everything you guys do. It means so much to all of us. Cole. Man, that means a lot. Thank you, Cole, for reaching out and for your great comment. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, in terms of John Elway's priorities, I don't see that. I don't see it stacking up at all. I see tight end... Tight end is like inside linebacker in John Elway's mind, except no one's pounding on the table for a tight end. You know, where there's a Vic Fangio pounding on the table, we assume. For inside linebacker, the highest-ranking guy in this organization outside of John, there's no one doing that for tight end. Yeah, I wrote a story about it last week based off what Ed Donatel said. Ed Donatel essentially said the Broncos don't have middle linebackers that fit their job description. Now, that is really me taking my own spin on what I thought he said, so don't get it twisted. But that's what I heard him say someone's pounding the table for linebackers if not the whole defensive yep. staff like chanting yep 
linebacker. <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> and 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 this was a guy at Donatel who pretty much deferred any question not about the secondary to Vic. But he did like himself some linebacker talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, some job description talk. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, don't get it twisted. He threw out the the word linebacker though. Didn't someone? I hate doing this because i feel like i've done it three times already this podcast but didn't someone project the broncos to trade up for tj hawkinson this weekend oh i'm sure i'm sure i i would bet a pizza on that (laughs) there you go text your brother all right you got the next one next one coming in from shaggy mclovin the third he says hey guys so my a plus draft would be haskin simmons then isabella how realistic is this i understand this doesn't help us this year but next year you should be considered a real threat also, being boring in the early 90s, my first moments remembering games or players were in the late 90s. Also, I remember, or luckily, I remember the players in that time, but would really like to learn more about some of the all-time Bronco greats. Do you think once a month you could break down the style or career of some of the greats like Tom Jackson, Carl Mecklenburg, or Floyd Little, etc.? You know what? I like the idea. It's... We'll, we'll we'll toss it around. It seems like it would be great if Andre could do a Broncos greats mm. film room. Now, some of these guys might be too old to have <laughs> film, but it would be cool to do like breaking down the the Broncos best. That would be awesome. But I would feel so, so bad for Andre because in uh, what the three years that I worked for the Browns as a remote scout. And so I was just watching so much tape. Is that the first time you've ever brought this up on this podcast? It may be. It may be. It was crazy. So I think I stopped doing it, what, 2016? So when I got 2016 film, or 2015, yeah, 2015 film, it was great. HD, seemed like 4K. You go back to sometimes I was watching guys in 2009, the film was like you were watching Pixels. You, you can't read numbers on jerseys. You are hosed if this guy moves around the field. So what? We're talking about Carl Mecklenburg, Tom Jack. We're going back to the 80s, maybe 70s. Oh, man, I'd feel bad for Dre. But he if anyone can do it, it's him. Because you brought it up, and we have a little bit of time here because we don't have a press conference to get to. <laughs> Tell me about what you did uh, in this remote scouting job for the Browns. I watched hundreds of players. So essentially what I did for the Browns was watched upcoming draft classes um, and it was it, it was half money ball, half number crunching. I mean, where the guy lines up, how fast it takes him to get to the quarterback, and then also half evaluation, just writing up little tidbits on these guys uh, and they just compiled all this information. And I actually stopped doing the job every year about a month before the draft because just like the Raiders they compile all this information now in a few weeks before the draft, and it's the head honchos that are making these decisions. Although, you know, I did, I did have some say in Baker. I'm sure you did. <laughs> but honestly, did any of the guys that you were on end up as Browns? Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, I watched, like I said, like hundreds of players in free agency. So that's when I was watching 2008 and 2009, 2010 film was guys who were going to be free agents and they wanted just as much information on them as possible. So I watched them back in college. And then also guys who were in the draft then. So uh, um, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, the defensive end, um, Cameron Irving, the, the center, I watched him. Not many guys panned out, but hey, wasn't me. I wasn't making the decisions. I was just telling them. I, I told them to stay away from all these guys. Did you have any like contact directly with 
like I don't know high ranking people in the Browns. Typically, wasn't high ranking, but occasionally there would be. I want to say once every two months. Uh, a phone call about you know something that I wrote. If there was like a consistent theme with one player, uh, they would call and ask what I what I saw, so they don't have to go and watch all those games and spend. You know, you watch games in it, with taking notes and everything in forty minutes uh, on one player, so they don't have to go do that for for five games. Makes sense. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> By the way, this give, this does not give Zach any sort of upper hand on me when it comes to scouting players. Well, now that you brought it up, I'm just going to smash it every time. You know, while we're talking about this, it's just a personal story. I used to do that mm. for high school basketball players. Wow. Uh, and I felt a little confident this year during the NCAA tournament because one of the first guys I, – I should say I was one of the first guys on a kid – from Africa, named Mamadi Diakite, mm. who was the one who hit the buzzer beater for Virginia to send them into the championship. No way. I actually went back and saw my tweet, and I tweeted, I was working for Rivals.com, and I had tweeted at the head of Rivals Scouting, hey, you need to check out this kid, <laughs> Diakite. He is really, really good. Wow. The other guy that I had who wasn't a, a, much of a, a heralded prospect, which I guess Virginia was reading my tweets, Kyle Guy. Mm. I heard about Kyle Guy early because the uh, video coordinator at the University of Colorado who does all the sweet like hype videos for the football team, Yeah, his name is Jamie Guy, the uncle of Kyle Guy. And I had heard a little bit about him, and so I went to watch him, and, and I said, hey, CU's got to be on this guy. He's exactly what they need, 3 and D. He ended up, you know, blowing up eventually, became, becoming a high-level prospect and going and winning a national championship. So he was your guy. He was my guy. <laughs> That's good. All right, let's move on here um, to already the last question. Nope, not quite. Got two more. Second to last one coming in from Behind Enemy Lines. He says, first, RK, I've always had to overcome shin splints, and here's what worked best for me this year. Stretch the muscle that lifts your foot before you run. So what would that be? Stretch the muscle that lifts your foot. I think it's at like front, the Achilles. Front oh, the muscle. front one. Okay. Strengthen it some with resistance bands or something, and force yourself to take a few days off after a flare-up by doing squats the day, uh, the next day, so you can't run for a few days. Losing weight also helps, and it sounds like that you, that you have taken care of that. Second, I heard the news of a signing and a cut at cornerback last week at minicamp. Are these guys legitimately practice squad only type players or is there or is the feeling in my heart that Chris Harris being here in September is a pipe dream or is that Chris Harris still being here is correct? Just looking for some reassurance. Uh this had nothing to do with Chris. I think Mager Got himself into some trouble, if I had to guess, because it was very hush-hush on what the personal issue was. Or maybe it's, you know, a legitimate personal issue. I don't want to speculate too much. Um, but then who is the guy they brought in? Trey Johnson. Trey Johnson. That's the last we'll hear his name on this podcast. <laughs> and they also signed offensive lineman Jake Brendel. And we're not saying that Garrett Bowles is in, uh, is in jeopardy of losing his job to Jake. With these guys, Ryan, it was no surprise at all that the Broncos signed a cornerback from, from the tryouts last week because this guy was like playing in the starting lineup last week or at least dabbling, getting some first-team reps because Chris wasn't here. Um, you had Bryce Callahan, 
who wasn't practicing last week. You had Kareem Jackson, who was fully playing safety. And Isaac Yadam was your number one cornerback, right? Is that what we boiled it down to? Yep. So you, you had to add depth. Because what if Bryce Callahan, you know, touch wood, but what if he has a setback? What, what if you have to have these guys? And clearly the Broncos still haven't made up a corner for the corners they lost in the offseason. So it's practice squad guy. Yeah, practice squad guy who, you know, will have a chance to compete, et cetera, et cetera. And right now the Broncos are at, what, a 90-man roster? It's got to be cut to 50 and then you have 10 for the practice squad. So, I mean, 30 of the guys here, I don't want to talk too loud and make anyone sad out there, but 30 of the guys aren't even going to be on the squad. You don't have to worry about it. I'm pretty sure this building is empty. <laughs> it's just you and me uh, in here. Including so. John. Yeah, John. I don't think John's here either. He's talking to Steve Kahn about number one. Um, did we talk at all about Brendan Langley? Speaking no. of not having corners. No. Give me your thoughts, Mr. Scout. Impressed. Honestly, I can't believe it. I have to say it too. Now he's going up against air. Everyone, I mean, Trey Johnson looks good going up against air. Uh, I would look good catching a ball from Joe Flacco, probably. Brendan Langley looked good though. He did. Now he was he honestly different. I was expecting him to bulk up and be kind of a physical guy. I don't know why I was expecting that, but he's not. He's a speedster, and his hands were really impressive. He looks extremely fluid, elevating to get the ball. Like, that was the number one thing that I noticed. There we go, Mr. Scout. Let that uh, one go. Especially uh, because of his potential and his hit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, he, like, I don't know. I think I said, maybe I said this. Akeem Tlaib used to just go out there and run routes. Chris Harris sometimes does it just for fun. They look like corners trying to play <laughs> wide receiver. Brendan Langley looks like a wide receiver out there. And it's interesting because he didn't really have great ball skills as a corner. But his ball skill, like, again, he's jumping up against air. But he was getting up, high-pointing the ball, yep. bringing it down, landing in stride, a lot of stuff that you don't normally see from a guy who's changing positions. Now, again, that is his quote-unquote natural position. If he works out at, at wide receiver in the NFL – Someone gave him some really, really bad advice <laughs> because somewhere along the way, he was told you're not going to make it to the NFL at wide receiver. Your only chance is at corner, which is why he changed to his quote unquote non-natural position. It's why the Broncos drafted him, you know, for this. He only played one year at corner and blah, blah, blah. If he works out, someone gave him some really bad advice. Oh, man, some terrible advice. And I think... And I'm not surprised that he looked good last week. I think we'll know very early into training camp or OTAs once plays are being given, if he can pick up on that, because he hasn't been involved in an offensive playbook in, in so many years and certainly nothing to an NFL level. Uh, let's see if he can pick that up. And then also, I'm very curious at first OTAs who he's working with. Is he getting any reps with Joe? Is it all with Kevin Hogan? Is it all with Garrett Grayson? I want to see what the offensive coordinator, Rich Scangarello, and those guys truly think of him. There was a sequence for a whole day of practice where Joe Flacco's first rep would be to Cortland Sutton, his second rep would be to Deshaun Hamilton, and his third rep would be to Brandon Langley. Just something to, to keep note of. Yep, very interesting. All right, last question here comes in from Trade for Rosen. He says, did y'all see Peter King's mock draft on football in America? 
all over the place. Haskins falls to 15. Daniel Jones goes before Locke. Rocky Sin is the first corner taken. Um, Marquise Brown before DK Metcalf. Fant before pick 15. Did I miss a ton of draft coverage or something <laughs> over the weekend? Anyways, less than five days before the draft. Curious to see y'all's final pick prediction. Oh, this is not our final pick prediction. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. This seems like maybe Peter King is just throwing everything and you know if he gets one or two things right uh on the crazy predictions then then he'll feel good because that it feels that feels like craziness a lot a lot of stuff i take issue with i don't take issue with marquise brown before dk metcalf i'd pick him there too um i could see the dumb giants picking daniel jones at six (laughs) um fant could go before pick 15 it's Rocky Sin, yeah. the number one corner. He's like the fourth. Yeah, that would blow me away. Um, Haskins falling to 15, I just don't think should happen. Um, but anyways, it, I see the, the the path to some of these things happen. It just seems like one of them will happen, not all of them. Man, are we just so wrong on Dwayne Haskins? I feel like it. The, these are clear smoke screens being thrown out by multiple teams, and that's why maybe people are picking up on it and thinking that he's going to fall because multiple teams are putting it out there. But that just says to me that he's for sure a top 10 pick. If, if so many teams are letting it known, look, we're not really a, a Dwayne Haskins guy. I don't, we don't want him. We, uh, we don't want a quarterback this year. If so many teams are saying that in, it, at this juncture, one week before the draft, two weeks before the draft, that's, that's fishy. If that happens, someone is going to luck into a franchise quarterback. You know how we, we, we talked about this all the time about next year. Well, if the Broncos go 8-8, eight and eight, they're going to have no chance of drafting a quarterback, right? Because all the good ones go in the top 10. Yep. Someone who went 8-8 eight and eight last year right. is going to get lucky and fall into a franchise quarterback if Dwayne Haskins falls. And how often does it happen where multiple quarterbacks fall? It doesn't. You, you don't see that. You can see the Aaron Rodgers, what, once a decade fall. Dak, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson didn't fall. They never started high. They just were very undervalued. These guys would fall, and I don't see multiple guys falling. Quarterbacks don't fall. No. It's just a general <laughs> rule to, to, to live by. Yep. Um, and when they do, it's usually because something weird happened. And I mean, who's the, when when I say a quarterback falling, who's the one that comes to your mind? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that worked out all right. I'm trying to think of another guy who's fallen that was expected to is go it, in the top five. Is it Dan Marino? Is I mean, Marino he's the falling? other one that fell. <laughs> and, and look how far turned, back we're going. Turned out to be great. Um, did Josh Rosen fall last year? Maybe. I guess he did, but but he fell to ten. Right. Still a top mm. ten pick. Hmm, quarterback falling to 10. There you go. Now, if you don't want a quarterback, well, the the Cardinals did trade out of that position at 10, or the, the Raiders did trade out of that position, so maybe the Broncos trade out, and that's how a quarterback's picked at 10. So much, so many possibilities, so little time. Uh, but we'll come back on the other side and have more Broncos draft talk for you here on the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, 
and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's in our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have Colorado beers on tap all the games on the TVs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue third and final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol and we are bringing on a friend of the show NFL Network's own and national television star James Palmer how you doing James I like that last part <laughs> national television stars how I should be referenced at all times. And I also own the same pair of shoes Ryan has on. So. Wow, that is quite the compliment. Coming from a guy that's always dressed to the tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a full wow, suit. Not even John the nines. Talk today. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. is in a full suit coming directly off a hit on NFL Network, and we're pleased to have him on here. James, before we talk football, there are some non-starters here on the podcast that we must know from you. Okay. Uh, first, have you ever had a Hot Pocket? A Hot Pocket? Yes. Oh. I don't think so. I like oh this. Oh, my, my God. God. No. My God. I've never had a Hot Pocket. No. <laughs> oh, that, I was a ramen guy in college. Okay, mm. we've had ramen yeah. talk. Yeah. We have yeah. had plenty of ramen talk. <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite flavor? Of ramen? Yep. Oh, I jazz it up myself. Mm. Oh. Yep. You like can't that. just do what they give you. Like, <laughs> if you can't afford to add something to the 89-cent ramen that you're getting, <laughs> like, you can put a little something extra in there and make it your own. We've talked about fried egg. Have you okay. done fried egg on there? Yeah, yeah, okay. That Spice, sounds good. A little bit of like pepper, you know, something to spice it up maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I throw yeah. the veggies in. Okay. Yep. Wow, that's another level right there. <laughs> veggies? All right, wow. no, no Hot Pocket. I think he's the first no Hot Pocket guest other really? than you. He's my type of guy. Nice. My type of guy. All right, the other nice. one here. How many holes are in a straw? You <laughs> There's one hole. It goes all the way through. <laughs> all right. He's a team, hashtag team one hole. Yeah. All right. And I used one the other day. to. I was out to eat. Um, in in like ri the Rhino area, and I had a uh, a lamb shank, and I was like, "Can I get a straw?" And they're like, "What? <laughs> I want to suck the bone marrow out of the uh, oh, out of the bone. Wow. <laughs> and they they obliged. They gave me my straw. How was it? It was delicious. Wow, wow. that is delicious. That's that is high level foodie right there. Yeah, yeah. you know your stuff. I've taken a shot of bourbon through bone marrow too once in Houston, at a restaurant called One Fifth. They are a different restaurant every year for five years they wow. rebrand for a month which is awesome it's it's actually partially owned by whitney merciless uh of the texans and i had bone marrow and i was talking to the owner and he's like we should do some shots out of this bone marrow <laughs> i was like yeah we totally should and we let it sit in there for a little bit and then yeah shooters of bourbon in bone marrow i definitely advise that for anyone so who's looking for a good time big bone marrow guy i do like bone marrow wow <laughs> I, do. I, I didn't realize i was gonna make two bone marrow references <laughs> <laughs> but uh i do like bone marrow yeah well speaking of things you like if you don't know james palmer he is a big ohio state guy got oh, you know yeah. has the big o on the back of his phone mm -hmm. that he makes high level phone calls with <laughs> yeah and it's iphone one actually we've talked <laughs> we've talked a lot about this guy 
today on the podcast, and, and it's Dwayne Haskins. Do you buy the Dwayne Haskins is falling narrative? I haven't heard from a single person that Dwayne Haskins is falling, who I've mm. talked to around the league. Like, nobody has said it. I, I think what's happening is a couple people are probably, and this is, you know, the age of lies right now in these couple weeks um, leading into Thursday, is, like, somebody wants him, and somebody wants him to fall. And so that's who's probably putting this out there to a couple of draft people going, like media people like myself, man, I'm not hearing great things about Haskins. I don't, well, it's because they love Dwayne Haskins in a sense. And I don't really get uh, – I mean, he. I don't know how you can fall right now when you haven't done anything since the Rose Bowl. Like, he hasn't done – any. his pro day actually was – better better than he like moved during the season the one knock on him is he's slow he's like a sloth in the pocket um but that's brady if you have pocket awareness from my understanding what people tell me um i don't really know much about football but uh <laughs> if he can if he as long as he can sense where things go and the scheme is divide, devised that way like Brady loves to step up. So what do they teach their tackles? You know, like Skarnickia just says, you know, you got to push him down the down the barrel, and he just works. It, it, Dwayne can do the exact same thing. And, and I don't really get the narrative that he's falling at all. I think it's, like I said, it's somebody wanting to, you know, who wants him. I, you talk to Ryan Day, their now head coach. He made all the calls at the line. He made all their protection calls. Um, that's not something a lot of college guys do. And if you remember, he threw 50 touchdowns learning a new system. Like, look, watch game one and watch the end of the season. It's, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. So Ryan and I both agree with you that it's, it's smokescreen. Someone wants him and, mm -hmm. and wants him to fall. Uh, and so let's say he does fall to 10. You're John Elway. Do you pick him? I'm, if I'm Von Miller, I pick him. <laughs> That's what Von says. But um, I, I don't see why, if he's sitting there at 10, you wouldn't make – you know, make the play. Now, John's been very, you know, in depth with what he's done with these quarterbacks. He usually is, but he's done a lot of work with these guys. And that's to find out, do they fit your system, right? Like, can they do what you want them to do? Because none of these quarterbacks do what you want them to do on the field, right? They don't play in the system that you want, want them to play in. So you have to do this work and have to see if Dwayne can play the way you want him to play. Um, I think he, I, I mean, he's got, he can make every single throw. He's huge. You know what I mean? He's smart. I don't see why teams would pass on him. I don't get the Kyler Murray thing. I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. Um, if he's there at 10, I would pick him. But because it, I love the Joe Flacco move. I really do. I think it was a really, really smart move. I think uh, it gave them the ability to do a lot of different things. But if your quarterback of the next 10 years, which we know is not going to be Joe Flacco, um, is available, you take him and you don't care that this was like you can't wait till next year you can't wait what if joe flacco wins you all these games you want him to win you well you're not you're in no position mm -hmm. to pick a quarterback then mm -hmm. next year even though you might like some of those guys so i think the joe the joe flacco move is great and i think it allows you to make this pick if you want to and allows you to pass on it if you don't want to but i think it puts him in a great position and i don't know what john thinks i think from what i'm told if he's picking a quarterback he's the only person that knows nobody mm -hmm. else does um and so I mean, I'm, I'd love Dwayne here because we could talk to Buckeyes. You know, I wouldn't just bug Jeff Hireman all the time. We, I could have somebody else, and Roby's gone. I could have somebody else to talk about the Buckeyes with. So um, I, think, I think he has everything that you want in a quarterback. Well, I can't just let it slide. <laughs> you, uh, you stomped on my guy there, Kyler Murray. Okay. Uh, now, listen, I love Dwayne Haskins too. I'm cool with Drew Locke as well. 
Kyler Murray is like my far and away. Why? Because he one he's completely accurate with the football, mm-hmm. as is Dwayne Haskins. Um, he he his arm strength I think is underrated, and there hasn't been a player that electric with his feet since Mike Vick probably. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that possibly could scare you scare someone about him is his health and and to me you can't project that if i was the cardinals bar none i'd be taking him number one well i think they i mean the cardinals i would say probably have to if you look at steve kime he's picking for his job uh and why not get the player that probably fits your new head coach the best fit possible of any of these quarterbacks right so set your coach up to succeed uh keep your job (laughs) after Kyler murray my problem is if you're going to compare, like you look at the defenses that Dwayne Haskins went against and the defenses that Kyler Murray went against, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's embarrassing. And nobody plays defense in the entire conference. I mean, so I just don't know if you've ever seen him make a whole lot of throws with somebody right in his face, which is going to happen. He's too athletic at the college level that he could always just find space, make the clear window throw, and that's just not going to happen in the NFL. I want to see him throw some balls with the with a dude right in his face, like, and, and going to take the lick. You know what I mean? That's something that, honestly, that Josh Rosen did a lot last year. I'm a Josh Rosen fan, too. So I, I just – I'm nervous about the height. I'm nervous about the size. I don't – I think – he didn't do anything at the combine, probably because he drank like 90 gallons of water <laughs> yeah. to weigh what he weighed for the combine. Um, the size scares me. The ability to leave the league when he wants to kind of scares me. I mean, what if he takes a huge, and he's probably expected to do it in Arizona, a ton of licks this first year because they're just not a good football team. And what if he's like, dude, I could go out and play baseball and not take these hits every single day. I'm retiring after two years, and I'm going to go back to baseball. Like, that would scare me, too. The size and the part, and you bring up Vic, like, Vic still didn't, like, he, he's the, probably the best, him and Dion are probably the best athletes to ever play in the NFL, right? Um, and he still struggled. Like, he was amazing to watch, but he still had his issues. And I think it's just hard to play the position that way, in my mind. All fair takes in, in- – all things that I mean, you have to see now. I, I I think he did make some throws with with players in his face, but you're right. I mean, that's what 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 you know. Uh, what's his name? Lincoln Riley does. Is exactly. He makes it easy on the quarterback, and that's what I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to do. Now it's a it's a whole different level. Um, so I, I I get the concerns with with that type of stuff. I just love the idea of take the quarterback who best fits the coach, mm-hmm. and take the coach who best fits the quarterback. Put them together. Put a system that's going to make things easy on Kyler Murray and don't try to overthink it. Like, Kyler Murray in Denver would probably actually scare me because of the, the changes he'd have to make now. Do I think I can, he could make them? Probably. But he's not going to have to change that much other than – remember John Elway at the combine? Oh, yeah. He's not there. He's not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Kyler it's not, no it's not happening. There's no chance of Kyler Murray coming here. I'm just saying if it was to okay. happen, I would say he could make it happen. Uh, but I think he's going to be all right in that system especially. And yeah. stick, sticking with quarterbacks, the Raiders, to me, it just seems like Gruden is set on getting rid of Derek Carr nobody's, and, and moving nobody's away from to him. Know, guys. Nobody's <laughs> allowed in the building. That's, that's crazy. Nobody's allowed anywhere near. Well, none of them are going to – I mean, let's just say it. Like, most of them, if not all of them, are not going to be working for the Raiders next year. Exactly. Right? So why have them in there learning your philosophy over these next couple of days to where they can go take that to wherever they get hired around the league next – week or down the road right so if you're not intending on keeping any of these scouts why would you let them into your innermost moments 
leading into the draft, whether I like this guy or dislike this guy, and then you end up not taking him, and that guy knows, uh, you know, blank, blank, blank. And so I do kind of get that. Um, I do see – I could see a scenario where – and they have the capital – where this has been going on about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals for so long that Gruden says, I'll give you both my ones. I want to get up to one, and mm. and I'll take Kyler Murray. I know he likes Kyler Murray a lot. I know he really likes Dwayne Haskins, too. Now, I don't know Dwayne at four if that's like, oh, is that too high for Dwayne? A lot of people say that. But I'm like, if the guy fits, like we were just talking about, if the guy fits your system and he's your quarterback, I don't think it matters where you take him. And you I, should just take him. I agree. I could see Dwayne at four. I could see Drew Locke at four to the Raiders if they're not able to move up and get Kyler. Do you think it, it's a quarterback for them? I, they have so many needs on defense. I mean, it's like embarrassing mm-hmm. how much they need an ed, edge rusher or two edge rushers. They should probably pick two in their first four picks, maybe three. <laughs> um, if you, I mean, you have so many needs there. I, I go back to like Derek really impressed John though last year. Like I did a couple of their games, especially the game in London where he just got. I mean, he got his butt kicked, uh, and, and he got hit a lot, and he showed his toughness. He had nobody to throw the football to at all. Um, I think if you look at the roster, you look at the offensive line and the receivers he had, and then go look at his stats, you're like, damn, that's actually not that bad. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're like, oh, that actually isn't that bad. Um, so I just think you hate to draft out a need, but they have so many other needs, and there's going to be guys that are right near the top of their draft board that are going to be available at four, and I think you – in my sense, you need to do that. But with John, you never have any idea <laughs> what he's going to do. But I know he likes Kyler a lot, and I know he likes Dwayne a lot. Well, really quick, both Johns, John Gruden or John Elway, you never really yeah, know. Never know. Both do their own thing, man, which is kind of uh, makes our jobs kind of fun. <laughs> it does. It does make our jobs fun. Uh, speaking of fun, it was real fun to watch the Rockies take three out of four from your face. Uh, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. Friday night was not fun at all. I went, I went, I went Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh. Um, so I got, you got one win, got one. The kid was, you know, not happy. I wasn't happy. And I get to see my dad though, which was good. He works for the club. So, um, we'll be all right, guys. We'll be all right. I think, yeah, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> that Bryce Harper Homer never got higher than 20 feet off the ground. Goodness <laughs> a gracious. laser. He does. He's one of those guys that just scares you every time he's at the plate. Oh, I'm like, yeah. There's, all, there's only a handful of guys you just want to watch bat every time they're yeah. on, like every time they're up, like you pay extra attention. Um, and he's one of those guys because something ridiculous has a chance to happen. Yesterday, when they were – I forget who bats before him in the lineup, but he was up in the bottom of the ninth. And I was like, if they don't get him here, it's going to be – Oh, Cesar Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – you're just waiting for him. Well, now, like, Reese has really cooled off, but Hoskins behind him. That dude's going to be a superstar. Like, he is going to be a legit superstar. All right, All last – All Phillies talk, I love it. <laughs> yeah, last thing I have for you um, – as it stands today, Monday, 72 hours before the draft, you got to pick one for the Broncos at 10 or if they move up back or forward or whatever. Yeah. What's your prediction for what the Broncos are going to do? I, I mean, it's hard to say a player because you never know what's going to happen with the picks before them. But I kind of have a sneaky feeling that, like, John's never – he's only taken two offensive players ever, right, in the first round. I kind of have a feeling like maybe it's TJ Hawkinson. Like, maybe it's, a, it's, it's somebody that can make this offense better mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a manner there. I can see him – like making that move this year, that's going to be my pick. I'm pick I, as, after I said I wasn't going to pick a player, I'll pick a player. I'll say TJ <laughs> Hawkinson. Would you be heard sweet. it here. Inside scoop sources. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I already TJ, know the first nine picks, too. TJ Hawkinson, the pick of 10. Zach, what do you think of that? Ah, uh, 
It's something we haven't thought that was going to happen, but but I, I love it. It's it's different. It helps a team right now. We always yeah. keep saying, are you investing? Are you doubling down on Vic Fangio? Or are you doubling down on Joe Flacco? Either one is probably going to be a positive. Well, I th- the, if you look at the tight end spot, it's like one. It's been such a need here forever until like since my man OD was here playing with no cartilage in his knees, um, making monster catches in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's been such a need. If you look at Joe's stats, he loves throwing to the, to the tight end. All right, so that helps you now with Flacco. What's a great need and uh, a thing to have for a young quarterback, even if you have Flacco and then you move on to a young quarterback? A really dynamic tight end. It's like a great safety net. That a tight end in a running game can help a young quarterback like crazy. So I think that pick can almost help you immediately and help you whenever you get this quarterback of the future as well. So I think it kind of like helps both sense, and I think it also would take some of the pressure off of a young receiving group that we really haven't talked about a whole lot this year. Everybody's like, this is a young group, man. Like, this is a really young receiving group, and we'll see when Emmanuel comes back. Like, I think a dynamic tight end helps that group as well. That is by far the best case I've heard for why to pick a tight end at 10. So with that, we will let you drop the mic. And don't actually do it. I won't. It's already taped together, so I will not drop it. (laughs) But we'll let you go get to your next next hit on television. And talk Um, about why we rescheduled. And talk about why, yeah, why you're here. Because I was like, hey, you showed up at Dove Valley just like us. Come join us on the podcast. Nobody else showed up. Well, thanks so much for joining us, James. Oh, it was a pleasure, guys. I love this room. Great room. Great. <laughs> Not as good as yours right next to us, but it's a good room. <laughs> All right. Thanks, James. And uh, Zach, you got any final thoughts to get here on the podcast? Man, Hawkinson, tight end? Guess we'll talk about it tomorrow. We will talk about it tomorrow. And before I let you go, i got to tell you about our friends over at Live Well Enlightened Health. It's your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of LiveWell's free reward program have access to $30 pre-way half ounces and $60 pre-way ounces every single day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado from the Four Corners all the way to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Visit LiveWell.com BSN for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotion. That's LiveWell. Spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L.com BSN. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's getting-